Welcome back to another podcast of the Ramblings and Beef and Slim. My name is Slim, also known as Kyle Cogleman. I got with me in studio again. Father Adam, a.k.a. Beef. Beef. And. And. Kevin Bailey. I love that. That's never going to get old. It definitely uh, is. Yeah. And it definitely has. Last episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slim, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic mass readings and discuss how the world helps you know your God. All music on this podcast is written and played by Mikey Moon. Mikey is a diehard supporter of Ramblings and the Catholic Church. If you are interested in having him play at your parish or church, go to mmbank.com. Uh, we are excited that you guys are with us today. Father, you got big news. I got big news. Speaking of death. Ouch. <laughs> Mom, I hope you're not listening then. Uh. I bought a new toy on... When you hear this like two weeks ago. Because we saved this so we'd make sure we had a little bit of banter for this episode. Right. I bought a brand new Harley. And yes. I'm super pumped because I've got some trips coming up. I've got our convocation up in northwest Missouri at Conception Abbey. And actually probably the week that this comes out. Yeah. Um, you going to take a trip up there? I'm hoping to, yeah. As long yeah. as the weather's somewhat decent, I'm going to take the bike up there. I've already got arrangements to have someone pick up my dog. And... Then I'm going up to see some of my seminary classmates. We're trying to do an annual reunion. Last year was here in KC, um, and this year we're up in Wisconsin. So it's in October. Ooh, that's a little cold. So it'll be iffy, but I got some warm clothes, and I got heated grips. And you're kind of a big dude. He's got big big muscles. And I'm fat. Super insulating. I've earned my nickname. (laughs) Let's just say that. So I'm hoping to make it up there. So do you think the people who... So we have people who've never met us that Uh listen to this show. Do you think that... They're offended by me making fun of you on a regular basis. I was my idea for beef and slim. Okay, good. Just so sure. I, for everybody, I want you to know it was my idea. So I accept it. I'm and a your big beard boy. has got more gray in it this year than it did this time last year. I know. So, you know. You're getting old. Some people last year accused me of dying it. Of dying it. But the thing is, when I trim it, it's not the grays aren't as noticeable because they're shorter. Oh, so when it's like out the summertime, and so stuff. when it gets longer, well, even during the winter, like I forget. Now last year wasn't a trim year you didn't trim it but like my goatee i'll trim it and because mm-hmm. the hairs get shorter they out of yeah. necessity they don't they're not as noticeable i'm Monica, gonna be quite honest with you what i'm gonna just jump in here because okay. i feel forgotten over here i want to dye my beard and hair gray i want to be a silverback so bad <laughs> see that's the thing i don't mind the gray the fact i'm losing the hair on top of my head that's, <laughs> that's annoying that's if i was gonna fix something that's what i'm going after i think i told monica this and she hasn't agreed to it yet but she doesn't own me <laughs> She does. Um, <laughs> that as soon as I start going bald, I'm just shaving my head. I'm not going to deal with this whole like going bald thing. You think you're going to go bald? Uh, I don't know. My dad. Not your. It's from your mom's side. Oh, then yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then yes. Grandpa Guy. Guy Kinney. That was his first name. Was Guy. guy. What a man. <laughs> like that man's a guy. I was trying to think of that chef guy, Guy Ferrari. Ferrari, but less. He's less of a guy. <laughs> But it's just it's a it's not a normal name. No, it's definitely not. And he's definitely less of a guy. <laughs> no, uh, Grandpa bad. Guy had a he was in the Navy, so he had a lady tattoo on his forearm that he used to make dance for all the little ones. That, like Father's Pecs that he was dancing for you. Just yeah, a just a ago. minute ago, it was weird. It's so weird. I don't I don't find that. I don't know what I'm. Supposed I don't, to... don't even think about it most of the time. It just sort of happens. <laughs> I have a random. When he gets switches. stressed, he bounces his. Pectoral no, muscles. No, when he gets stressed, he bounces. I'm going to do bounce. Boop, boop, boom, boom. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into these readings. So the first reading is, uh, we're back in Amos again. Amos. Uh, chapter 6, 1, 4 through 7. That's 1A, it's not even Oh, all is it 1A? Yeah. Somebody didn't fill it out. I, I pulled this from not this website, so that's why. <laughs> that's the least descriptive way of saying it. I that. pulled it from Life Teen, which Father has already expressed his dislike for, for no other reason than that Kyle likes it. I believe. I, I, yeah, that's, that really that's, is it. That is the sole reason. They sole are a fine organization, but Kyle likes them, so I hate them. Well, it's not just that Kyle likes them, it's that they like Kyle, which puts them on. Yeah, there you go. You know what? That makes a lot more sense. I see where you're going. It with makes this. it a little bit more shady. Oh, that's just annoying. You got to be a little cautious around him. Second reading. Is First Timothy <laughs> six eleven through sixteen, Luke, and then the Gospels Luke sixteen nineteen through thirty one, and we're really excited to get here and read some scripture and talk about it and see what kind of ramblings happen. Uh, we have very little uh, prep for this. Looking at why somebody. do we keep? We don't have to tell them that. Well, we did last time. I told them that we had prep. I'm always prepared. I have a bachelor's in theology. <laughs> So that means I learned that when you have your bachelor's, you think you know everything. When you get your master's, you find out that you don't know anything. That's true. And when you get your doctorate, you find out that no one else knows anything either. <laughs> I don't have a doctorate, but I can attest to the master's. Yeah. yeah. I definitely have less confidence in myself now than I did after college. I don't know how much of that is age and how much of that is I did more research and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, kind of like last week, that... That parable. Yeah. 2,000 yeah. years, we don't know that. Nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody knows anything. But you, when you graduated seminary or when no, you, college, when you graduated college, you're like, ah, I can, I can preach on this. I'm high money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into okay. this. <laughs> First reading is from Amos, and it talks of beds of ivory. Kevin? I'm thinking about cookies right now. How do you get How did that? you go ivory to Oh, cookies? famous Amos. Famous Amos. Uh, <laughs> It's I don't know how we didn't talk about that that first reading, but like, I mean, we were talking about pie in the in the pre-show, and I'm just like all about that food right now. I am pretty hungry. I had a yogurt for breakfast. That is not satisfying. I had three cups of coffee, which just got the metabolism going, which I'm starving. And you had another cup when you got here? That was my number three. That's unhealthy. You should get that checked out. Fine, That's, That's why he's so grumpy all the time. Too much caffeine. <laughs> no, I think it's great. <laughs> I'm That's much why happier. he's got such a big beard. Uh-huh. That's science. <laughs> Coffee equals beard. <laughs> I really hope like some ten year olds listening to this are like, "All right, I need coffee." <laughs> uh, to all the parents that may hear that, I'm so sorry. It's Kyle's fault, though. We're gonna blame Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think the bigger concern is that a ten year old might be listening to us right now. <laughs> no, it was a we great school kid. We do have them because at least one. One emailed us, and it was well, it's his sister, so it's a family affair. Yeah, was the reason that we're recording this. <laughs> Get your head out of there, Kyle. <laughs> no, I just, I just like the way it's a family affair. It's this whole family's issue over there. Beef and slim, fun for the whole family. <laughs> what do you guys do on Saturday nights? We gather around the fire and we listen to the ramblings of Beef and Slim because this is 1942. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing them like turning the dial just right. Oh <laughs> my. Lord have mercy. Father's got on a smoking jacket and a pipe. (laughs) Mother's just baked a fresh pie. You think you're joking, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's go to Famous Amos. Uh, Yes. Beds of Ivory. Beds of Ivory. So. Tears. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that these people had tears too from sleeping on these beds of ivory. Why would you sleep on them? Because that can't be comfortable. (sighs) 
do you, ivory is elephant tusk. Yeah, you that's hard. Sleep. Yeah, I'm, it has to be ornamentation. I bet it looks fantastic. I'm sure it's just ornamentation. Like, like a you have an oak tree. bed. No, like but it doesn't oak. say standing next to beds of ivory. It says lying upon beds of ivory. Yeah, if you have a bed made out of oak, you still have a mattress on top. Yeah, they didn't have mattresses. I in know, but they had BC. wheat or something or hay. <laughs> Let me lay down a, some straw here, and then I'll jump on a bed of ivory. You break know. your back jumping on top of your bed. I tried to do a little bit of quick research because I my brain never went there until you made the joke and. <laughs> pre-show between show thing and yeah it does not say that they're sleeping on beds of ivory but it also doesn't say that i'm right either mm. but i'm gonna pretend i'm right it's awful relativistic father i'm disappointed <laughs> in you anyway you continue. just take the readings and make them whatever you want them don't you yeah mm. i'm you gonna work you want them to work. <laughs> and the very next line it says they're stretched stretch comfortably on their couches exactly so they're comfortable that's the problem it's not that they're uncomfortable uh, do they know some secret of bending ivory into comfortability that we don't? Where are they getting these cushions? Is anyone else bothered by improvising to the music of harp? Yes. Does that mean like they're dancing or that the harp player is improvising? Bing, 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 bing. I was imagining some sort of dancing. Oh. This is the dumbest. <laughs> I mean, I'm scared to walk down this music aisle because I'm not a music expert. I'm actually probably the worst music person of all time. Next to me. Next to Father. I don't know. Wait, I, I like actually David, had someone ask me not they to They devise their own accompaniment. accompaniment. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a musician would jump all over this. Is that a dig at, at current church music maybe? You know, we're not allowed to just do what we will. Father? Wait, what do you mean? Let's well, like they're devising their own accompaniment. They're writing new music, their own music, whatever, uh, bringing things into, uh, oh. into. I mean, I guess you would say singing and dancing instead of sticking to the the great traditions of the past. Which I guess would sort of be what Amos is talking about because he's talking about how they're comfortable now. Yeah. They're focused on themselves, and then he talks about how they're anoint themselves with the best oils. Um, yet are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph, so they're I don't focused on that. themselves. That's the one. I'm confused by that. Um, Cla- what, who's Joseph? And the Technicolor Dreamcoat? Is that the yes. same yeah. Joseph? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing because he's talking to the divided kingdoms and... Mm. Oh, 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 yeah. So um, that's pure speculation. Man, my brain did not... I don't remember where it went when I looked at these, but it's nothing to do with what we're actually talking about when I looked at these the other day. I like this first... I think there's so many cool images in this first eating. Like drinking wine from bowls. Like you want to talk about people with problems. If you're drinking <laughs> wine from bowls... <laughs> But they are they are comfortable. <laughs> but it does talk about that. Picturing a cat, like, jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to everybody listening to this. God help us on three and four today. Um, but it does talk about how after the collapse of Joseph it makes that connection to exile. So they're not worried. They're not focused on. It. It's kind of like well, today the church is definitely under attack in America in Western civilization, and most people are like, eh, yeah. Oh well. And there should be, I think, a sense of, well, we know we're in the end we're going to win. But at the same time, we can't just roll over and be comfortable in our ivory beds and our couches drinking from bowls like cats. Mm. So that's the part where my mind went, but not where we've been talking. We can keep talking about it. I mean, it started with that. When I first saw complacent, I was just like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is the word we wanted to talk about last week. Yeah, what are your thoughts on complacent? I See, hate it. Because it always calls me, I, whenever I hear, even if I'm not being complacent, I feel like I'm being complacent whenever I hear it at all. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
Like I feel like there's all, but it also sometimes leads me to be to overwork to overdo. Mm. It, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, you're so afraid of not doing what you're supposed to do that you end up doing too much. Yeah, that I overdo. That like even in my balance. Own, in prayer life, like sometimes I overdo. I over. Yeah, I overdo. I can say that. That's not wrong. Like sometimes you just need to sit down and shut up. Rather than just continuing to do, like, so there was a point of time in my life where I was going to daily mass. I'd go to confession every other week. I'd go to adoration a couple times a week, um, say the rosary on a regular basis. You know, like, I was doing a lot. And my pastor at the time was like, I was at a bad, bad spot. And my pastor was like, you got to just stop doing that. Like, just stop it. Go to Sunday mass and just be. I was like, okay. And I did. And it, it, like cleared up the funk like i was able to Mm -hmm. listen more i think you gotta learn to add stuff piece by piece you can't jump from you know the baby pool into swimming laps in an olympic pool well but even even like i even the just having the uh, i don't know what i'm trying to say it's okay oh. to say to just go to Sunday Mass. Yeah, like and we've to got... to live life for God and go to Sunday Mass. Yeah, because we're supposed to be active in the world, period. It's not just in the church. Yes. Now, that's obviously imperative, and that's why there's a requirement. But the church also says, those other days, we, you don't have to be here because you have other things you need to do. Yeah. And there are some people who need to be there every day. Your priest should be there at least almost every day. It's not a daily obligation. Yeah. Your religious should be, but yeah. a mother with 75 kids... Maybe shouldn't be there every day. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of moms that try to make it once or twice a week or every couple of weeks to build that habit with their kids, but it wouldn't be prudent to maybe go every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we had our, our second child, uh, I used to take talent to, to daily mass all the time on my days off, and it was so much fun. It was so easy. But now with that second child, like if I can make it, we 100% are sitting in the cry room because managing both of them alone is like. You know, wrangling cats. It's mm-hmm. yeah. They're going in opposite directions. They're rolling. They're doing barrel rolls underneath the pews. Father Talon walked up the aisle with Father the other day. I don't even know how he got <laughs> away from me, but I look up and there's Talon holding Father's hand coming down the aisle, and I'm like, "What is what is going on right now?" Where was Father taking him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, that you have a comment in these pre in these pre show notes. The loving loving comfort leads to rejection of others in heaven, but also loving work like loving the opposite of comfort i don't know if that makes sense or not well you can there can be this sense of um there's a lot of good stuff i can be doing so i'm gonna keep my life so full to either and we can use that as an escape either we're doing it because we're trying to make ourselves high and mighty and feel good about ourselves we're doing good stuff we're trying to keep ourselves distracted from a pain that we have in our life or some sort of wound or i mean the list goes on and on and that's actually the nice thing so i met with uh spiritual director yesterday of real time a couple weeks ago in podcast time and that was just one of the things I was talking about is my transition into country life is I've still got pretty full days you know yesterday I was going from I'd mass at seven in the morning I didn't get to where I crashed last night till ten thirty at night and I was moving and working all day between I've got those but they're not every day like they were at Prince of Peace yeah. where I had that five days a week and so part of it is I can just sit and read or just sit out back with my dog with mm-hmm. a drink at night and yeah. listen to music or a podcast or just look at the stars. And that's a but way having of having those downtimes. And I think you were right. Like a lot of times we fill our days with stuff so that we don't have those downtimes so that we mm-hmm. don't have time to reflect. Like I, I always try to do the, um, examination at ex- the, mm-hmm. 
Ignatian examine at the end of every night. Mm -hmm. And the days that I don't do that, I can look at the next day and be like, oh, I intentionally made myself tired all day so that I didn't do, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there was something that I didn't want to think about, but anyway, sorry. No, I think that's awesome. And it ties into, I think two points that I want to talk about. One that, you know, with the, with all the technology and like unnatural lighting that we have in our lives, Mm -hmm. it allows us to lengthen the day in both directions uh, and do so much more, not have a natural set, natural ebb and flow to our day of, okay, these are the things that need to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and within that, I think that, you know, work can be comfortable for a lot of people because it's a place where they can control things and they can set things. That's why people, you know, will avoid going home or doing other things. They're like, well, I'm in control at work and I can do what I want to do, how I want to do it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so they'll stay there and, and build that and end up rejecting, you know, the others of their own family um, because, you know, spouses can be challenging and children can be frustrating and they don't want to get into that mess. So my sister is has three boys and the oldest is five and the youngest is like this big <laughs> i don't know how old that is that's uh, is that from the floor or from the table no from the table like Ooh, that that's like two yeah oh, i was I gonna guess. say like 18 months that's pretty small i think he's more 18 months ish i'm basically just, professional he, uh, with this he's a fat crawler a fat crawler yeah he doesn't Ooh, so he's like 13 or 14 months yeah we'll go with that anyway <laughs> um but Jesse has trained that. I don't know if training is the right word, but I don't know what else you taught. Do. That sounds Topping. less. Yeah. But so at like 630 every night, Jesse closed the blinds, turns off like all the overhead lights. And those boys like it. It's that it's like what you were saying, like it reduces all that ambient light, all the unnatural light. So when the blinds get closed, those boys know like they go and the older ones go put their pajamas on like they know without being told anymore <clears throat> that, okay, it's nighttime now. And mm-hmm. so Jesse uses environment in such a cool way, but as adults, it's so easy to cheat that environment. You're right. You know, it's funny you should say that because uh, in one of the recent updates, Apple made it possible for you to turn on like a night setting so that you get less blue light to your phone. Mm-hmm. And I've had flux on my computer for about two or three years now, which reduces, which changes the blue light so I can be on my computer late at night. Mm-hmm. And I was always so happy. It's like, oh, I can keep doing stuff even late at night and it won't keep me up anymore. Yeah. But it's like, no, I should just turn my computer yeah. off yeah. at night instead of staying on it you know, later and later and later. Uh, and we just look for ways around that and just to keep doing more constantly mm-hmm. instead of taking a step back, spending time with our spouses, our children, and investing in people versus uh, Yeah, I used to um, always plug my phone in the kitchen in my old apartment because I just didn't want it. First of all, I hated when it would like buzz or ring or it'll just light up in the middle of the night. Oh, I turn mine off when I go to sleep. Do you? Mm-hmm. I'm too scared. Too scared. Yeah, I'm always afraid like some emergency is going to happen. Uh, well, I guess I do have the benefit of being in the rectory where I have to have a landline. Yeah, still. I've never so owned a landline. Do you own a landline? Not since Eddie Bauer was a thing. <laughs> Eddie, wait, is that the shirt he's wearing or something? No, or there's just an old Kyle? joke that Eddie oh. Bauer hasn't been a thing since like 1998, oh. and so that's my reference for everything. Is I mean, they're still in existence, and I'm sure they're a nice company, but like. They haven't been relevant since 1998. They have really nice clothes. I love their clothes. I'm not hip. I wear the same outfit almost every day. <laughs> not today, because I thought it was going to be my motorcycle. So I packed for a motorcycle. Can we move on? I don't know <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, anyway, yeah. so I have one thing I wanted to say. So the same thing with our busyness oh, and okay. not wanting to be quiet is we do that in our prayer, too. And this is where most Catholics don't know how to pray well, in my experience. 
it's more than just my opinion. It's an objective fact from the people I've experienced of they don't want to enter into prayer because they're afraid of what God will challenge. So part of mm. we don't want to go home to our spouse because maybe they're going to challenge or our kids are going to challenge us. But we limit God in our prayer and we just say those memorized prayers or mm-hmm. just those intercessory prayers. And we don't just sit in the silence with them because we know he's going to ask stuff for us. Like I had a meeting with married couples last night and one of them said, you know, like, that's the ben- benchmark I've got to get to is getting my f- kids to daily mass once a month. It's like, well, once I did that, God said, do it a little bit more often and do it a little mm-hmm. bit more often. Um, and now they're trying to go, they go every other week. So they're, you know, very slow process of slowly building up. It doesn't feel this super urgency to have to do it right away, but just how God is going to keep inviting us more and more when that is not comfortable. And which is the exact opposite of what the people are doing here that Amos is talking to. Um, yeah. And it's going to tie in a little bit with our gospel, too, of we can't be comfortable. When we're comfortable in this life, we take our mind off of... Actually, the second reading, too, even yeah, though it's not directly related, say. of we've got to keep our mind focused on the goal. Boom. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, when they do have encounters with God, um, it scares them away. Like, we're kind of overwhelmed by God's power and His mm-hmm. majesty. Mm-hmm. And even when we do finally get quiet to listen to Him, we hear Him, and it's It's scary. To, to hear God, it's scary to encounter someone so who's so other, uh, so who so who's so you know unfathomable in so many aspects, and uh, we jump back, nervous. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the second reading real quick. Boom. Paul's talking. You had something. Yeah, Paul's talking about. Um, he's using sports again. Compete well for the faith. That idea of. Um, competing well, but again, he's talking to Timothy. This is towards the end of his letter, and it's very much um, again he's writing to his friend. He's trying to encourage him in the faith, and he says, um, "But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness." And again, whenever Paul starts listing off the attributes we have to have, it's a reminder that these are things that are easily lost in our life. And he's saying it's a part of how we mm. compete well for our faith. And then he, so he says, "These are things you need to have. Your goal is." to compete well. And then he says, look forward to eternal life because one day you're going to die and mm-hmm. wraps it up by talking about how Jesus died for us and that great love he has for us. And so it's this beautiful, I don't know, an image that I always go back to, like when I give my homilies or these types of things, it's sort of like a dance. You sort of dance around different aspects of it. You're moving around the floor of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this works in my brain, but it does of um, just moving back and forth. And sometimes you come back to where you were before and all sorts of stuff, but he's looking around, why do we do this? And I'm going through just some personal struggles right now. My transition in my life, nothing drastic or big. Um, but a part of it is I've got to keep myself grounded and reminded of who um, I am and working through some of the struggles and transition of being in a place I don't know well yet, mm-hmm. the people I'm still very much getting to know. I'm not super comfortable in that friend level. I mean, I love talking to the people, but of having to work through um, that continued transition. And a lot of it is just a reminder of this is what I signed up for. I remember eight years ago when I was starting seminary and I was all high and mighty, this is going to be awesome. And that's like, this is what I'm doing, but you got to work through some of the stuff and remind yourself of those things. So the, I think one thing about that is so, but you man of God pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So if you pursue those, then, then Amos doesn't happen. Then what Mm -hmm. happens in Amos does not happen, right? You don't live comfortably if you're pursuing righteousness and devotion. And, And I always, I always, I mean, Mother Teresa is like the saint. Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Calcutta. That's so cool. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, Saint Teresa is like the perfect example of that, that 
she never pursued anything besides righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And her life was definitely never made of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pope Benedict, Benedict. I was just about to say that. The, that we were not made for comfort. We were made for greatness. Mm-hmm. And what's so crazy is that, like, um, we think that comfort's going to bring us happiness. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, I was just reading a study uh, two days ago about how America is the third most depressed nation in the world. And you see a nation who's pursuing comfort so readily, so desperately, uh, rather than greatness now. And so we've turned into a nation that is bitterly unhappy. What, there's a there was a study that came out. I don't remember when it was. After me? Okay. So there was a study that came out a couple of years ago that was like, um, okay, if you make X amount of dollars, so let's say you make $30,000, how, like, if you made $35,000, would you be happy? And everyone who makes 30 says, yes, at 35000 like, I would be much more comfortable. This thing wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. People who make thirty-five, you know, it's forty-five mm-hmm. or whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. There's always that pursuit of... I'm never, I'm never, I'm never comfortable where I am. I always want to be at a different place, mm-hmm. which I think points to like our drive for work in a in an unhealthy way mm-hmm. and not being able to be satisfied. But then always goes back to tithing and stewardship. Like if you can't be comfortable with where you are right now, you'll never be a good steward. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in front of Father real quick. <laughs> no love. And then he's gonna knock me out like the Hulk. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was later in that study or a separate study that they said the actual number that like we should we, that we can provide for all of our needs that is yeah. enough is seventy five thousand like after taxes. Wow, that that's that should be able to provide for everything that you need, um, without like without. everything everything after that becomes like an excess. Oh. Those those extra things that we want but we don't necessarily uh, need in mm-hmm. our life. Man, that's a big number. That is. <laughs> but I'd be super. You know, many more motorcycles I could buy? Yeah, I don't even know what I'd do. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do because I also don't have to pay for a house. I'd go yeah. f- on a vacation. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be neat? Monica and I just started a vacation fund, which has got a very small amount of money in it right now. Three dollars. Five. We, uh, <laughs> we hope to start a vacation fund at some point in our life. <laughs> it, it, how many years until you get rid of them? Eighteen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Father. You. Um, have something. Yeah. So there's that idea of work. Um, and this idea of how our culture is awful on work and rest is how you think of the difference between the people who work for the weekend. They go to work, work is terrible on Monday and Tuesday. It starts to get a little bit better as they get towards the end of the week. They don't do any real work on Friday. They just sort of coast until they get to the weekend. And they look at their work so that they can take a break. Yeah. And I forget where I read this. It was a couple of years ago. Um, but I, I put it actually in a homily once of God gives us a day to rest, and that rest is so that we can get back to work. And mm. so it's not that we work to rest, we rest to work. Mm. But that's what we're created for. And Adam and Eve in the garden, yeah. Adam was called to till the land. I think yeah. maybe we've even talked about this, but we are called to be we're workers. That's work. what we're designed to do and not— Well, that's part of our cr- procreative nature. Yeah, like, to, share, mm-hmm. to share in the glory of God is to create, is to work on that creation. So my dad, his last like three or four years at his past job, he was a vice president of this big company here in town, and he hated it. I mean, he came home from work, like he, the way he described it, it was on his drive home from work was him having to redo his brain so that he could be joyful at home. Mm-hmm. And the way he did that was he knew his small v vocation, his job was purely to serve his 
big V vocation mm-hmm. is being a husband, a father, yep. a brother, a son. And Which, we, if you put that into perspective, then no matter where you work, no matter how unhappy you are, yeah, maybe you can try to find a different job. But like having the perspective of I'm working to serve my bigger vocation mm-hmm. of father, husband, wife, whatever it may be. And we have to realize, yeah, that those are purely a means. We can never make, when we make them an end, our goal, that's when things get jacked up. Even as a priest, I can't make those things that I try to do. Um, those are never my goal. Even the mass is not a yeah. goal. It's the means to my primary job is to proclaim the gospel. But even that's got to come after I have that encounter with God. And so I was talking, we easily put this on the priest. We expect them to be a person of prayer, a person mm-hmm. in relationship with God. But that's because I can't do my job without it. And every one of us is supposed to live that in a very concrete way. Um, and it is when we jack up that priority of, or priorities, yeah, to go back it, from what we yeah. said last week, of those things. That's when we get knocked off kilter because we're not living the way that we're created. It'd be like putting diesel in my car or my motorcycle. It's not the way it's created. It's going to run like up. crap and it's going to blow up. When I was thinking, like, as youth ministers, I don't know if this is true for you, Kev, but it's so easy to get wrapped up in the ministry and, and then go home and be like, oh, I haven't thought about my family once today. Like, I'm so cons- – I was I, – I, my life became the ministry, mm-hmm. the youth ministry, rather than, like, the youth ministry is just this thing that I do. Yes, it's important. I don't want to take away from it, but it's to serve the greater – my greater vocation. And it's so hard because we have to look and say, you know, what is, I mean, like when we're, we have to be good stewards of our time. So yes, when I'm at yeah. work, I have to work, yes. but like, how can I do that in a way that also like honors my family, thinks of my family. When my wife calls me and says, Hey, the kids are being insane. And I just need to talk to you for five minutes. How do I detach myself from work and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is my primary vocation. This comes first. How do I see you as well? Yeah. Um, which is exactly what we see in the gospel is you know, he, the, the rich man didn't see Lazarus. Like he was so focused on his life and what he was doing, Mm -hmm. um, that he didn't take time out of his day to see Lazarus. And it's a good reflection for us of, of what aren't, what aren't we seeing in our lives that that God's calling to show us. Yeah. That this gospel is just super cool. This is one of my favorite gospels. Um, but yeah, so the rich young, the rich man just walks right by, um, Lazarus and then he dies and my favorite line of, of most of the of Luke, at least, is send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water to cool my tongue, for I'm suffering torment in these flames. Like he just wants a drip of water. Mm-hmm. And like that, but that's, I mean, this is hell. Like Jesus is teaching hell. Yep. And to, for us to say it doesn't exist is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other part about this one that I think is fascinating is. Abraham then says, go to my brothers, or not Abraham, sorry. Lazarus. Abraham, yeah. No, Lazarus. Or the rich man says it the too. The rich man says, go to mm-hmm. Abraham, mm-hmm. go to my brothers and tell them. And he said, well, he's, they've had their chances. Oh, at least send Lazarus. They see someone dead. And Abraham's like, well, it won't do any good. They've had Moses. They've had the prophets. They weren't, they're not going to be presu- persuaded by a miracle. And I think so much in our culture, we say, oh, man, I just want to know God is here. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. what else do you need? Like, we've literally seen risen Christ. Yep. Like, yeah. There's a, a line from one of the videos we're doing for the high schoolers, actually for middle school and high school. And they're like, if you could, you know, ask God any question, what would it be? And this girl goes, why haven't you revealed yourself? Yeah. And you're like, that might be the dumbest question I've ever heard. Like, what do you mean? Why haven't you revealed himself? Isn't there's so much. Yeah. And we're just like, no, I need more. I need well, and, more stuff. And this is the perfect example of that. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this is exactly right. We've had Moses. We've had all the prophets. We've had literally Jesus Christ and now the Holy Spirit. 
and we still say, oh, well, I need a miracle. And if you would just jump into the silence, you would know it, too. I mean, that's because people... Salad? Silence. Silence. <laughs> I heard Jump salad. into the mixing bowl. <laughs> get in there between the lettuce and the tomatoes. <laughs> No, but if you if you allow yourself to encounter him or to be encountered, then it's a matter of time. But it's the same thing. People, and I used to think this too. If I lived in the time of Jesus, I'd be a much better person. And someone said, no, you wouldn't. And I don't remember if it was a teacher or whoever, but it's like, you're dumb. And <laughs> But look at the Gospels. These people yeah. see Jesus pulling people back from the dead, and they all leave. John chapter 6, they're all following him because he did signs, and then he gives them the teaching of the Eucharist, and they just walk away. Well, Peter... And Peter, yeah, the apostles, especially all the, Peter. All but John mm-hmm. literally left. Yeah, and they saw those works, and then they see him undead, and they still run until they get the Holy Spirit yeah. of Pentecost. Yeah. And so it's not just a matter of getting these things. It's You have to take the step of faith, the leap of faith, mm-hmm. and to trust. And, you know, those times where, and I've talked about this before, there are times where I just intellectually have to say, I've reasoned through this already. I know that if there's a God then it's got to be the Christian God. And I know there's a God because Mm -hmm. it makes the most sense out of all the options and everything that Jesus said is true. And there are those times where you just have to say, it's what makes sense. And I'm going to doubt you have to say this. I believe in this and I'm going to live out based on this, everything that Paul talks about. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, you know, we've challenged the, our listeners quite a bit, but I think there's a challenge in here for us of like, how good of a job are we doing leading the people around us mm. to that encounter that you were talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of the greatest right, losses this, is that we haven't biggest, you know, this we thing. haven't done a good job of leading them to an encounter. They're asking, you know, why haven't you revealed himself? Because no one's taught them how to listen, how to sit with them, how to how to allow the Lord to, to reveal himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the greatest sins of the American church right now is we. We put on programs, we put on events, we put on all these different things when reality says we just need to provide the cross. Mm-hmm. Like just We're leading these people to ourselves mm-hmm. instead of to Unintention- God. Like unintentionally. Un- unintentionally and not mm-hmm. without, like not trying to... Yeah, it's not malicious. It's yeah, just... it's not malicious. Yeah, totally. But it's unintentionally leading them to a building. That's why, like when I did the the walk through prayer thing mm-hmm. like Lent, we had five or six times more people show up to that than yeah. anything else we've ever offered yeah. and 10 times more than most of the other things we yeah. offer and now the discovering christ and stuff at yeah. prince of peace it's because people know they want it they know they don't have it um, we have to give those opportunities yeah i i'm amazed every time we do like a adoration night with our youth group the or you know what is a great example is steubenville adoration night Every team there, they love the talks, they love the teachings, they love the worship, but when the Eucharist is present and it's just quiet Eucharistic prayer, those teams have an encounter with something they've never experienced. I mean, I think that's any retreat ever. You come yeah, at retreat, every, camp, yeah. Steubenville, adults, they're like, oh my gosh, adoration. Wow, that was the best part. Yeah. Like, we went whitewater rafting, we climbed rock walls, we shot bow and arrows, and adoration was the best part. Oh yeah, I could do that for the rest of my life. But then they get back to the rest of their life, mm-hmm. and they don't see anyone else mm-hmm. walking with them. They don't see anyone else modeling it. And we forget, because yeah. we're, you know, like the people. God says, do this. And we're like, okay, do that. And then we're like, uh, we forgot to do that. And God's really like, can guys. I, I found this thing on Reddit. And it's uh, Genesis told very shortly. God, all right, you two, don't do the one thing. Other than that, have fun. Adam and Eve, okay. Satan, you should do the one thing. Adam and Eve, okay. God, what happened? Adam and Eve, we did the thing. God, guys. <laughs> And that's like every, not even every day, every hour of our lives. 
God just guys. This is why he compares us to sheep. Yes. <laughs> That's very true. That's exactly right. All right, we got to wrap this one up. Anybody get final notes? Anything? I had something, but I, I lost it. Lazarus, so. cool drink of water. Oh, it was it passed. Oh, okay. Yeah, do we on time? Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, so what's our final challenge? We need a challenge. Look at your life, and where are you not? Just make one improvement this week. What's one area you can live, kind of like Paul, which will flows into the other readings, but Paul makes it very blunt. Where are you falling mm-hmm. short in righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, gentleness, or any other virtue or sub-virtue that What's yours? you can focus on? I know the one that I need to work on. Uh, I know mine. Like We're not allowed to say all patience. of them? <laughs> no, you got to pick the one. Ah. Mine's patience. Mine, I would say, is love. Okay. But it's working through some of the stuff I talked about earlier. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a big blanket of stuff, and it's, it's, it's would take more. But love, love, the, love, love I think, is the umbrella. Is, yeah, love is yeah. the umbrella. I would, I would say that as well. Because if I could just, if I could love better, I would naturally be more patient and gentle mm. with my wife and mm. with my kids. Love better and receive love. Mine was both hand. You got to receive it to give it. Mm. Yeah, you got to fill can, that tank. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah, we need to talk about love languages sometime. Sometime I don't know if we've ever done that. Is yours touch? I'll touch your knee. It is specifically not touch. Guys, I thanks for listening. Touched. We're going to end this podcast before <laughs> this gets weirder. <laughs> you guys have a great one. God bless. Peace. See ya. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Very Good Web Solutions with their innovative design top-tier customer service. Very Good is leading the chart in website design. Go to verygoodwebsolutions.com today to see their prices and drawings.